0: All right, here we go. Uh, round number two of the Coach's corner from Central London Weightlifting Club, Alex.
1: Nice. I've got some. I've got quite a few questions here. Um, I don't know how many we'll get through, but again, just, just don't really.
0: <laughs> I mean, we had five last time, and it ended up being like almost an hour. Was it?
1: <laughs> well to be fair, we did. We did keep diverging. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try and stay on topic. That's my goal for for this um, this chat.
1: I'm going to be as obtuse as I can. Um, so the first one comes from my my boss, from Connor, um, boss boss. which is <laughs> How are you adapting your training? Uh, what does training when lockdown is over look like? So, this is okay. weird. I'm going to get you to answer your own question. Oh, you want me
0: to answer my own <laughs> yeah, question? I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing is like very mixed bag. So, to try and keep that expression of power and speed. Um, I've been doing, like I just mentioned, some sprints twice a week, um, and also some plyometrics, so like jumps. Um, And then more for, I guess, general conditioning, or at least muscular endurance, I've been doing uh, timed sets. So for example, I'll set a timer for anywhere between 50 and 20 minutes, and I'll pick two or three exercises, and I'll just do five or 10 reps of each and just try and do as many as I can, basically mm. without failing. And if I feel like failing, for example, I'll start on 10 and then I'll take it down to nine and then eight and then seven and then six. So I'm trying to get complete sets rather than like, you know, keep failing and doing like one, 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 one. Mm. Um, but then I'm also conscious that with weightlifting, uh, obviously I'm doing the speed and the um, plyo work there's n- very limited amount of strength that i've been doing like muscular endurance is great but it's difficult to then translate that back into when we're actually going into the gym so i've also been doing some uh yielding isometrics and some overcoming isos so essentially like grabbing a towel and just doing a movement like a push up or uh, a rack pull but just like pulling against the towel instead just mm. to kind of simulate that max force production against the towel um That's- and it's not ideal, but the thing is is that like you we never were able to predict this situation. So I'm kind of just making it like making the best of a of a bad situation. I've also done a little bit of CrossFit, I'm not gonna lie. I've got a little bit of sweat on, feels pretty good. Um, and obviously, you know, taking the time as well to just rest my shoulders, rest my elbow, rest my knee. And doing a little bit of rehab around there as well as a perfect time to, to get all this stuff in so that when you return back to training, hopefully mm-hmm. all of those niggles that you had uh, are no longer there because you've actually taken the time to focus on areas that usually tend to get overworked because other areas aren't as strong. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to take it over to you and see what you've been doing. I mean, we all know what you've been doing. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> been maxing out, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I haven't changed anything. I bought <laughs> a Leco and I've started waiting Bar
1: and plates. That is all I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think from what I've seen from like other people, and to uh, jump up your point about kind of working on weaknesses and stuff, is that like because we've had access to less equipment and you know to kind of this different spaces people have been forced to sort of improvise and yeah. to do things and to kind of swap training around a little bit so yeah. you know again like people have been trying stuff that they've never done before before like floor presses you know yeah, yeah. Floor presses just did some this afternoon i've never done those before but they're quite fun
0: yeah it's,
1: um it's just like lots of different ways of just you know, again, working on your sort of like weak areas. And like, if anything, I think the variety is quite, it's quite good. It's kind yeah, of, I agree. I've, I've learned a lot from it. Just being forced to, okay, you've got yeah. a bar and bumpers and that's it. What can you do with that? Um, so yeah, no, I think it's, it's, I think it's been decent. I think like a lot of people as well, you know, having been like, you know, either their hours have been cut or they've been furloughed or, you know, studies have gone virtual, that kind of thing. Um, they've suddenly got a lot more time. Um yeah. so you know you're you're seeing like a lot of people um put you know just what else if you're in the house all day, <laughs> what else are you gonna do? You know, yeah. you head out to the park, you know, get some exercise in the park, do some work at home, that kind of thing. So I think like yeah, from what I've seen, it took a little while for people to get adjusted. Mm. Um but yeah it's, it's been kind of quite interesting but yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've just been have I my, my training I've tried to keep it it's very similar to kind of what I was doing but I'm obviously limited by you know just kind of the range of the equipment um and that sort of thing but I've been trying out new exercises that I haven't done before um just doing a load of squats because that <laughs> seems to be the best bang for the buck at the moment yep. um I think that's yeah kind of same old same old really just can't do jerks for fear of destroying
0: the deck but there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs) just in case you miss it yeah Um, so then i guess going on to the second part of that question now obviously i was the one that asked this question so i'm gonna take it over to you and see what you think Mm. would be wise for people to do uh when it comes back into their training so i guess. Reintegrating people back into uh, properly weightlifting rather than just doing some training.
1: Mm. Um, so, once lockdowns eased, getting back into it, what would I do? I mean, you yeah. know what I do, but I wouldn't recommend anybody else do that. Um, I think slowly ramp it up, um, yeah. you know, get more familiar with the lifts. Just like, don't, you know, come back expecting to. You know be hitting like 100% easily and still have the same movement patterns like I yeah. took seven I think it was about seven weeks off and I lost about 20% of my strength yeah and, uh, you know that was you know a big shock and I know a lot of people that was like lucky I have a you know a bar and bumpers but a lot of people have gone for a longer time without access to equipment and so that knock is going to be a lot harder yeah. Um, but again, like you know, the strength will recover, um, but if you give yourself too much too early, you're putting yourself at really high risk of injury. You're going to get yourself down as well because you're mm-hmm. you say, "Oh, I've hit this. This was a warm up weight for me. Why am I struggling with it now?" Yeah. So I think like coming into it, take it easy, do a lot of technique work, dial in the patterns again. Yeah. Um, you know, don't worry about almost like kind of forget all your previous numbers completely. Mm -hmm. completely new blank slate okay so start to work up you know start testing occasionally like you know what i are
0: working with yeah
1: yeah yeah so like you know keep sort of testing like every so often but not you know you don't want like rp10 or like 90 percent plus
0: no 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 I mean I've I've been given this a lot of thought and I think actually you summed it up well where you were saying that I think it give it, it almost forces you the opportunity to focus on uh, slightly a slightly different aspect that people might not have wanted to previously, where obviously your strength might have declined ever so slightly um, it 's difficult to measure that because obviously strength is can vary day to day week to week month to month like you know even if you 're training you might lose like you just said twenty percent of strength from one day to the next yeah. but obviously you are in a in a you are in a specific detrained effect to weightlifting.
1: Mm. You might
0: have been training, but it's not weightlifting. Uh So what all you're looking to do is just reintroduce that novelty that you haven't done over a period of, say, anywhere between two and four weeks. And I think, um, obviously, it's going to be quicker for some people. It's going to be slower for some people. But that's where, that's Mm. where kind of, um, you know, knowing your body and knowing what is right and what isn't right. And exactly like you said, I for one probably wouldn't take anything above an RPE8 for at least two or three weeks. Yeah. I I completely agree. And and honestly, I think I would stretch that out for at least four weeks, to be honest, because like you're going to be so detrained that everything is going to be i mean obviously i'm speaking hypothetically if you haven't been training but even if you have you know it's going to take quite a while for you to get used to the, the delayed onset muscle soreness that you're going to have
1: yeah, that you first
0: week know, everything's is, going yeah. to feel so <laughs> weird like your brain is going to be like what the hell is a snatch
1: yeah
0: um you know so it's a perfect time like you said to dial in the movement patterns to focus on technique to focus on any kind of area that you feel weak in, like if it's your overhead position, then maybe just work that into the sessions that you have, because now you're, I guess, more inclined because you have the time to focus on that rather than continuing to push the stuff that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you know? true. Like hangs, for example, stuff in the blocks. Yeah. like. <laughs> um...
1: But um, yeah, no, I think like for myself, it's, I'm coming towards the end of my fourth week, and now my numbers are getting, you know, between like 90, 95% of what I was previously doing. Um, but obviously I've had, you know, I've been like training quite frequently and quite often. Yeah. So I would, I think for most people, you should probably expect between like, you know, four to eight weeks, one to two months before you're back to a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Um, like,
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I think the thing is as well on that is, Sorry, just to interrupt, okay. like to not put pressure on yourself. Cause like, if you say to yourself, I'm going to snatch my max number in two months, yeah, it's yes. a good driver. But at the same time, you've got to be careful how much like stress that's going to put you under. If yeah. you're pushing yourself from a detrained, t- a de-trained state mm. to the maximum state of fitness that you were in to hit that number in two months. Yeah, so, Like yeah. you just said, like kind of wipe the state clean and just say you know every day take it as it comes um you know if something doesn't feel good maybe don't push it as much Mm. um if something feels good maybe just take it up a little bit more but what we're not saying is in the first four weeks i wouldn't expect anyone to go anywhere near to a maximum amount of weight yeah um maybe Maybe you could work up to like a squat or a pull or something that's a little bit less technical in four to six weeks. But for weightlifting specific movements, snatch, clean and jerk, I think it's going to take a little bit more time to just reintegrate yourself to get used to the amount of stress that your body has to handle whilst performing those movements.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd say yeah just come into it again just try and forget your previous numbers and um, just look look forward to each training session you know if like because you will see that climb from week to week is almost quite drastic it's almost like beginner gains all over yeah. again and, um, so I'd say you know just just like don't think about everything before lockdown just think about what you did last week and yeah. you know, just try and like have a better session or have a better week yeah. and, um, and then just use that and build from that
0: yeah cool
1: yeah all right uh just go through the list um, got one from keely uh-huh uh, in a similar vein um yeah. how to move past a plateau
0: i mean <laughs> that's that's quite a big question in itself um i think to keep it simple because obviously there's a lot of things that you could discuss as to why you're plateauing, mm. whether that be technical, whether it be strength-based, whether it be like mental, that you have a mental block when you get to a heavy weight and you think, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, generally plateaus will occur when there's a deficit in either strength or technique, or like I said, um, if, if it's your mental aspect that needs work on, uh, And I think it's identifying what you need to work on the most to reap the most amount of reward from that. Yeah. If we're talking a specific number, for example, you've been stuck at a 70 kilo squat for three months. Well, just because you've been stuck at a 70 kilo squat for three months, you have to kind of take a step back and assess, well, yes, I might have only squatted 70 kilos, but there might be a few other factors. How many times have you hit 85% plus in the last month? That will also accrue to you know, the intensity that you're trying to drive. How much volume are you doing in one session within a given percentage? Again, is another marker of how much volume you can accumulate, i.e. how much stress your body can handle in training. But I think the other thing as well is subjective. How fast is it moving? How nice does it feel? How smooth does it feel? Uh, obviously, no one can tell you that you are the only person who can feel that. So I think there's a lot of different parts that play into a plateau. Um, and I think for me, uh, that's one of the reasons why you do periodized programs where you don't just chuck, uh, you know, four random weeks at someone and, you know, expect them to get better. It's progressive, whether that be linear, whether it be undulated, where you balance um volume and intensity either week or either day or whatever it is uh whether you use either day to focus on strength hypertrophy power whatever that might be um but then again like like i said um it's not it's not necessarily a plateau is not necessarily an indicator that you have stalled your progress it's just like there's a lot of other factors that play into a a plateau, if you're a gym bro and you've been benching a hundred kilos for four years and you've only been doing five sets of five, well then that's the problem, isn't it? Because yeah. you've been doing the same set and rep range. You haven't done any other stimulus. You also might not have developed, um, you know, you might need to do a bit more hypertrophy in that area, or you might need to work on the opposing muscle to, to break that plateau. If you're not doing any pulling movements, but all you're doing is pressing movements Well, then maybe that's a weak link. Hmm. Um, You know, uh, I think that's kind of summed up my answer. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, uh, yeah. (laughs) I told you I was going to be succinct today.
1: (laughs) I think like, yeah, well, plateau. the thing is, it's just like one person's plateau is not another one. Another person's plateau. Everybody plateaus for different reasons. Like it can be mental, it can be like physical, um, you know, it can be. Down to your recovery, whatever it is. So it's very much like an individual case. I think yep. you've got to assess your training and you've got to look at okay, right, what's the program I'm following? How am I executing that program? And am, am I doing it well? Am I coming in, you know, in a good headspace? Am I actually attacking these weights? Um, am I eating well? Am I sleeping well? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on in the rest of my life? Like, am I stressed out all the time and not recovering properly? Like, I think it's yeah it's difficult to say like generally yeah um again like doing that kind of assessment and just trying to figure out okay what could be causing this what's the most likely you know kind of reason like you know if I keep missing lifts because I've got a dodgy right elbow it's probably because of the dodgy right elbow so you know maybe I need to do more pressing movements maybe I need to do more bench press like anything to strengthen that it's not going to be an issue with the first pull. it's not going to be an issue with the second so it's like is doing that kind of assessment. Yeah, just trying to figure out like what areas are weak, what areas could be contributing to this problem, what areas can I improve?
0: Yeah, precisely. Yeah.
1: I think that's that's all I could add to. I this. think
0: you also touched on that as well where you said recovery, because I think sometimes when it comes to plateaus, people think they need to continue to do more, but honestly, <laughs> sometimes it might just be a case of you actually doing less yeah. so you can recover.
1: Also just variation, like um yeah. well, like, I mean before-
0: Yeah. I mean, exactly like you, you said, I think the two ways to be able to create that novelty will be progression through percentages or volume or variation where you add novelty. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the main reasons why, um, you know, we, we have different, and I think like blessed, I feel blessed that we're in a sport in weightlifting where, uh, we have so many different variations of a lift and it's not necessarily just to uh have so cuz for example it, when i first started weightlifting for a whole year all i did was snatch and clean and jerk that was my session four mm-hmm. days a week snatch and clean and jerk and it was boring as hell That's i hated it no, and not. the thing is i got better but there came a point where it like it wasn't making me any better because all i was doing was snatch and clean and jerk like it's very specific to the demand that i'm trying to impose but after that uh, there's areas that are that that will be weaker your pull or your squat or your recovery or it's in your head where you need to just you know focus on a different area if you can clean it but you can't jerk it, why the hell are you keep doing cleans like work on your jerk or something like that um and I think it's definitely like you said a case it, it's a case by case um you know thing and and that's something that you can work on with your coach or you know sometimes as well people neglect it they just go uh, they know the reason they plateau because they're doing x y and z but they just don't want to do the thing that's going to make them better because either it hurts i.e you know it's painful because you have to do more squats or they just can't be asked
1: yeah, yeah. no I, th- I think like th- this is something that it's like you, c- you can see in people but they don't it's like they don't want to admit it to themselves. It's like I know you're intelligent enough to know why you're not improving. So just get get over it. Yeah. <laughs> just admit it. You know, admit that. You know, you need to actually do your accessories. Admit that you need to turn up on time. Admit, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, I think like that, but that can be really tough. And I think that's definitely a, a skill that takes a little bit of time to learn. So like, you know, if you can. You know, first thing, if you can be honest with yourself, <laughs> and then you know, again, just try and get rid of the emotions. Try and get rid of any guilt or shame or any nonsense that's attached to it, mm-hmm. and just say, you know, right, I'm not improving in this area. This is the reason for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, do I want to do anything about it? Because you know, maybe you're quite happy. You know, you're stuck at 100 kilos, but eh, you're actually kind of happy with the work that you're doing, and you're yeah, yeah. With your numbers. Like yeah. you know, maybe you you're happy on that plateau. Like yes. Some people are, but they still say, oh yeah, I want to improve my we'll just like, We'll just pick one.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like troubleshooting with a computer, isn't it? Like your computer yeah. crashes. The first thing you do is turn it off, turn it back on again. The simplest thing. <laughs> Next thing is it turns on, you give it a whack, it turns on, but then it shuts off again. And then after that, you have to find that a little bit more complex way to do it. And then eventually you ring someone who knows what they're doing and they go, oh, it's just this. And you go, oh, fucking hell. Well, that was all right <laughs> then, wasn't it? it's it's exactly the same thing
1: no it's, it's true it's like you know you, you do like you work from the easiest fix and then you start exploring the yeah. kind of you know the more obtuse and you know strange avenues that might produce a fix but also might not
0: yeah so, so if for example going back to that example of having the uh, the bodybuilder he's doing five sets of five maybe he needs to do Five sets of six, or six sets of five, but only once a week, and if there doesn't change, then maybe change a different variable, yeah, you know, maybe drop the reps and so you can do a little bit more weight and then add another session where uh you know you're focusing on a bit more volume, or just have a little bit more frequency where rather than doing one massive session, you split it two or three times over the week, so that you you are actually being able to do more volume over those three sessions rather than just cramming it all into one session, yeah anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. hopefully that I think yeah I think that answered the question to be fair <laughs> I mean we won't know because Keely's not on this on this call oh, it's 4am her time so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised I <laughs> so, we've
1: got, um, so we've got another question from Beth did you uh-huh. want to ask a question Beth um yes yeah, so I wanted just to know about um like how you can remove or reduce calluses on your hands um or just if you've got them kind of how to maintain them or get rid of them
0: yeah
1: cool it's so dependent on the person isn't it and like because my hands are fine yeah i know your hands are a lot like you struggle a little bit more than me
0: yeah i've i've got really small hands so when it comes to like barbell work i generally tend to i wouldn't say that i've got soft hands but I think because my hands are small, they generally tend to um, get beaten up a little bit more than someone who's got like big hands that can just wrap it around the... You're also
1: lifting like a lot more than
0: most people. Well, (laughs) I know, but that's, that's the difference is because it's obviously comparative because it's not like I'm just going to go from 80 kilos to like 200. Like it's (laughs) obviously I've had the time to build up that resilience to the weight. Um, I think... It's 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 it is an interesting question, you know, because I don't actually think I've really thought about trying to make my hands, I guess, calloused. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of just happens over time to the point where because you are handling a barbell four or five times a week, your it's basically your body's way of adapting to, you know, the the stress that you're giving your hands. Mm. It's not to say that I like some sessions I'll use straps just because sometimes grip is a limiting factor. And I'm not saying to use straps all the time because otherwise you're not going to develop any grip strength. But I think really by like doing the actual thing that it is that you're trying to focus on. Mm. Um, I think that's, what's going to help the most. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, obviously we're not really talking about grip here. We're more just talking about calloused hands.
1: Mm. Um,
0: but for me, I think it just happens over time. I'm not really sure. I mean, you could try and rub your hands over a cheese grater or something, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Like that, <laughs> that would hurt and it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. It would slice your hands up loads. It has a
1: very um, dodgy pasta, at any rate.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if, uh, like, keeping your hands dry, keeping your hands chalked.
1: Yeah. This um, is one thing. That I really notice with because the weather's been a bit like sometimes been really hot and humid, sometimes been a little bit cooler. And on those days where it's really warm and humid, my hands get beat up so much more than you know on the kind of cooler days. And I'm sure it's to do with they just sweat a lot more. Yeah. Um, So just making sure that like you're using chalk and um, yeah, using it like if if your hands are giving you trouble. Just get as much chalk on there as you can you can use yeah. straps as well like for accessories and things like if you're doing you know like pulls that kind of thing like using straps is, you know basically it, it will help your hands it will also mean yeah. that you know grip is not a limiting factor because in a pool it's like you're more training like your kind of back and legs than you are your grip so you should yeah. arguably be using straps um, yeah. anyway but um, I think like I found just um, using like a like like a pumice pumice stone
0: yeah i use that on my on my hands before as well actually it works well
1: yeah for, for like the really Unless. really kind of bad ones if you've got um like cuticle nippers as well you can always use those <laughs> i'm not to sure your,
0: what that is alex <laughs>
1: they're just like you know little ones for taking your you know do, doing get your, getting your nails did not that i ever do my nails because they what like
0: them. like when you cut your nails
1: no the um they, they're a little different. I don't, I don't know if I have any around here. The, the girls will know what I mean. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it right now because I'm interested to know what a cuticle... What's it called? A cuticle cutter?
1: Yeah, cuticle nipper or cuticle cutter. They're really, really good. Okay.
0: Is, that not, is that not just um, nail clippers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, man. You don't want to be cutting your nails with one of those.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All right. So yeah, they're, they're cool. yeah yeah and, um,
1: um but yeah i think like i never really had to use like softening creams or anything like that i'm not yeah i mean i don't know i don't know maybe try them but i can't i can see them making the situation worse um can't necessarily mm. see them sick, making it better unless like you've got really cracked and yeah, yeah and in which case that like you know they need it because they're too dry or you know that kind of thing but like yeah just just keep your hands dry and um that will tend to yeah make make the problem okay
0: yeah see so because because I, I obviously from like the skin condition that i've got i have to use uh like cream on my hands and stuff because otherwise if they get too dry like you said they crack so one of the things that i use is a thing called O'Keeffe's working hands Wow. And they've got a couple of different varieties. I think now you can buy them in supermarkets and stuff. But it's basically just like a really thick balm that you rub on your hands, and it basically mm. helps, uh, like the the hands, I guess, soak up because it's hard skin, like yeah. really hard skin on your hands. Um, yeah, so I'd I'd say keep your hands dry. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't that, condition um, them because, like, if they're soft, it's that's not going to help. Yeah. But if they are dry and they're getting cracked, then you need to obviously uh, look after the cracks. So I'd say try and avoid moisturizer. Go a little bit more towards like the balms. So, like maybe the Vaseline or like the O'Keeffe's working hands that I used. Keep your hands dry. And also, if you are starting to get calluses, I sometimes cut mine off with a razor blade. Um, If they get really bad and like really painful um especially if like because obviously the more time you like you lift the kind of calluses get a little bit flexible but after you first get a callus it can sometimes be really hard and like not scratchy but like it hurts do you know when it like digs into your palm yeah yeah so uh sometimes i cut those big ones off with a like a scalpel or um like a razor blade just mm. obviously be careful because I don't want you to like slice yeah, your hand they're,
1: they're open. Right your open.
0: <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that kind of answered the question. Um, yeah, no it's a good question though, because you don't really, it's not really something that I give, that I've given too much thought about, you know, when, obviously when people come up and they're like, oh, my hands are hurting,
1: mm. you just
0: go, yeah, that just, <laughs> like that is weightlifting. <laughs> you just over. like, you know, but obviously it's it's definitely, it's definitely something that everyone suffers with at one point in weightlifting, because inherently you are going to, you're handling a barbell yeah. three to five <laughs> times a week and you're using your hands. So I think as well,
1: what, what's, um, what's a really useful thing that I keep in just my, in my weightlifting bag is, um, kinesiology tape or just K tape. And uh, cause you know, sometimes you get like a callous tears or, you know, you get some kind of nick or scratch or something. And, um, just being able to you know you can wrap that around your fingers or your hands that kind of thing and it will at least allow you to like continue the session yeah um, because otherwise you know you've, you've had like a blister or something which has developed you don't really want that directly on a bar that will, that's really uncomfortable.
0: yeah yeah
1: so um yeah just having some k-tape is and you know sometimes you know as well when one's getting really raw and um just putting that on top will you know stop it from getting uh, any worse yeah yeah, I think that's useful. But um yeah, I think that's that's cool. it on hand care.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: We've got um, we've got another question from Mark this time. Do you want My to read course. your question? Out?
0: Hello, hi guys. Um, so yeah, I just wanted you to basically describe your coaching style. That sort of question for both of you individually. <laughs>
1: Might yeah. be here for a yeah.
0: while. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex, you want to start? I know. I'm going
1: to say like. Because we have quite different backgrounds, and I think relative. Do we have different coaching styles? I know I've picked up. A, I don't know. A
0: big, I here. think I don't think we have different coaching styles. We definitely have different like cues or ways that we go about doing things. Yeah. Um. I think the goal is obviously the same. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, it's more a case of whole model parts whole model whereby Mm -hmm. i'll show them a lift and then i'll do a part of the lift and then i'll do the whole lift again yeah so for example if if we have a beginner and they um they're going through a hip snatch for example i would show them a hip snatch the good way i would show them a hip snatch the bad way And then I would then show them the hip snatch a good way so that they can see what's good, what's bad, but then what's good. And I think like over time I used to be one of those people where I used to always shout loads of things at people like hips through, elbows up, big chest, like all those sorts of things. But like over time I've realized that actually sometimes people need to just have a drill and just figure it out themselves. Um, And for the first couple of years of coaching, I, I, that's, I, you know, I used that a lot of that stuff on you and you were actually like a perfect Guinea pig because <laughs> I figured out what worked well and what didn't and what works well for you. And I think this is one of the, like I've noticed the way that you coach is you like to go through th- things very systematically where your brain, you need to be, you need to understand why you're doing it that, that way and why it should be done in this order. And, and how that's going to help you, whereas for others, sometimes all they need is, you're going to do this drill. This is why it's going to help. This is why. This is the good one. This is the bad one. This is the good one. Are we good? Here's the barbell. Crack on. Five ten minutes. You know, if you need me, come grab me. You know, some people need obviously a little bit more guidance. Um, but yeah, it's it is a, an interesting one because I don't know if I have a specific type of style i think the best coaches and i'm definitely not saying i'm an amazing coach but i think the best coaches you'll see will steal loads of different things from different coaches that work really well but what you'll also notice is that they don't have one specific coaching style for their club they'll have one model for the club but it doesn't work for everyone You know, you have a technical model in mind to to shape what it should look like. And then you have to understand that everyone is very different. But also some people don't respond well to do X, Y, Z, do X, Y, Z. No, no, no. Do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you need to just show them and just let them do it. And then their brain can figure it out.
1: I think that's so important. It's like weightlifting is not you know you have to just have a play you just have to practice and you need to give people that opportunity to just have a bar and just mess around and um because it's like yeah you you can say something but like they've got to experience it to actually understand it properly and so it's you know obviously people get that I think yeah so she said like there's so many individual differences and I think like really good coaches will kind of understand that individual okay what works well what doesn't what do they understand what don't they understand um how do they like to be coached like do do they just want you know just more pull or do they want to want us under us have to understand like why the pull is important like you know are they more technical or are they just you know focused on the movement yeah um, yeah i think it's as you say it's like you know having that kind of technical model Cause I think there's, there's always this ranging debate as to like, oh, you know, which is, what's the best approach for weightlifting? Um, you know, where should the balance be at this point? You know, that sort of thing. And, um, I think like each coach will probably have their own opinion on that, like what arguably best or what model they should follow. Um, and then, you know, it's a case of kind of teaching people that model, but also allowing, you know, if, if some people just move in a slightly different way naturally or just have like, you know, strange things that work for them. Just kind yeah. of like, you know, leveraging that and just understanding that, you know, Hey, that's, you know, that's just how they do it. That's Definitely. how they do it best. But I don't know for myself. I think like, I've always been, I, I like the technical aspects of lifting a lot. And I think yeah. it's really important. Like if you want to be a good lifter, it's not just important Lifting, but you should understand why you're doing a certain thing, yeah. It just allows you to kind of connect different concepts and you know to really kind of get the most out of the movement and therefore to lift the most weight. Um, so but obviously, like people kind of catch that at different rates, yeah. I definitely take, um like, it's, just, it's just a bit of a shotgun approach it's um but you know it's as you say like you know here's what a full snatch is like we take it you know we strip it down we work on it in increments we build up on those increments as we go along i will be explaining why we do a certain thing why we yep. don't do a certain thing um and just trying to give them that kind of like holistic understanding of um you know of the movements themselves not just this is the right way to do it but this is the right way to do it and this is why this is the right way to do it
0: yeah but um, if that doesn't work for you then hey ho you know let's find a different way to do it because yeah, that's oh. obviously not working <laughs> Yeah, not <bad. laughs> but that, that's the thing i think weightlifting specifically is very similar to like for example how you would learn how to um play a musical instrument and This is kind of one of the things that I learned when I was playing drums. It's it's a technique called chunking. For example, like you would play a note or you would play a beat and then you would then play another beat and then you would go back, play that first beat and you would play those two together and then you would play the third beat and then you would play all three of those beats together so that essentially you're taking each chunk bit by bit and you're just building and building and building and building. So you'll see a snatch and then you'll go overhead squat snatch balance turnover hip snatch hang snatch snatch or however you want to do it you know some people like to go to the floor and that's absolutely fine like top down bottom bottom to top you know what works for people um you know some coaches prefer that i always prefer top down just because i'm more bothered about the end result Mm. but then i noticed that in a lot of people actually the first pull is the issue but for me I'm just like, well, you know, it works really well yeah. in terms of just getting them uh, to to understand what position they should be in overhead, which is essentially the most dangerous position. If you yeah. don't get this right, then it doesn't matter, you know, if your back is a little bit rounded off the ground. If you can't catch the bar here, it's going to land on your head. And there's a lot more issues involved around this part of the body than there is Obviously, I might, people with back issues might tell me different, but I would argue that if you if you have a bar land on your head and it gives you concussion or something even worse, then I think that that might be a little bit worse than maybe just.
1: You know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like you know, again, you're kind of working from the top down because you're targeting the most difficult area and the area that people need the most practice in, which is you know, again, arguably the catch um, first and foremost. Which is again totally valid way of doing it. Like I really like a bottom up version simply because it's like it's more kind of sequential, yeah. and it's like you're never going to have a good third pull if you haven't got your first pull in order. Yeah, but it's like there's no you can argue for either way, um, you know, and, and neither is more right than the other.
0: Yeah, well, just, I mean, we cool. could argue till the cows come home. They're both yep. exactly it's exactly the same. It it is. It, it's, it's, it's the same end result.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is it. It's like what, you know, who the process only matters in relation to the end result. What is the end result? Are they snatching? Are they clean?
0: Yeah. Are they clean? And Are
1: jerking? They like... Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I yeah. think in competition, if we steer away a little bit from like training coaching or like practice okay. coaching rather than competition coaching. Yeah. I think that's a different side of, of coaching because yeah. Yeah. I think the difference between competition coaching and coaching in practice, like you know, training, when you train, it's fine to change things. But when you are competing, if you are giving someone loads of different cues, first of all, that they've never heard before or that they don't need, you're going to put that, that, uh, that athlete under a lot more stress because all they need to do to go out on that platform is exactly what you've been working on in training and for you to shout maybe a couple of things or even just say to them, like, I want you to pull hard, like finish, finish tall, you know, it's just something that relates to that lifter that they know what that means to them. If you just go out and shout like big chest, but they have no idea what that means, that's not helpful to anyone
1: yeah competition It's like you know they've done the work yeah like the movement's about it's probably as good as it's going to be up until leading to that competition it you know it's you can guide them and like you know again but it's got to be something they're familiar with yeah. so if it's like you know a big pull or like you know strong catch whatever it is it's got to be something you've already established you know it's a competition warm-up not a training session so it's yeah. just like not yeah, exactly. major if it would we might tweak certain things but only you know stuff that we've sort of seen before. But I think like a lot of it is just you know. So I think we touched on this last week um, about like the kind of the headspace and the emotions around lifting and um, like dealing with heavy weights and like a lot of competition coaching is literally just like, <laughs> are you happy? Are you good to go out? Yeah, okay, yeah that's great. Let's go. Yeah. You know? And just like if if they went out and they missed their first snatch, like how do you encourage them to attack the second one? Yeah. You know how do you get them out of that like, you know, the kind of negative headspace? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I've, it's a lot more
0: like it's a little bit more uh, like niche. It's a little bit more a case of it's not necessarily what you need to change. It's just necessarily what is going to make them perform the best on the platform. Whether it be saying absolutely jackal, yeah. You know, because I I, I for one I don't personally like people talking a lot to me when i'm warming up and when i'm going out on the platform yeah
1: but um, then you're always very consistent whenever you're warming up as well like you, you know you don't get really shouty you don't get really upset and you don't get really happy or late you're just a constant and yeah. so it's like
0: that's just really easy to do it makes my job easier <laughs> yeah whereas some people might need a little bit more hype you know well, I've Definitely. seen coaches like slap their athletes on the trap, slap them on the arse, slap them on the legs, <laughs> like all that sort of stuff. No uh, it's never worked for me, but you know, it for some someone that might that's might be what they need because yeah. sometimes when you miss lifts, it just you know, you're scared, like it's a scary place to be on a platform mm-hmm. by yourself. You're not in the comfort of your coach, you're not yeah. in the comfort of your friends or your club, you know. You're out there with more pressure on a competition floor and you know there's there's a lot of thoughts that go through you know your you know your head when you're walking out on the platform but the one thing that should always remain is it doesn't matter what you do on the platform you'll always make your coach proud even if you bum out like they're not going to be annoyed at you they'll be annoyed at their self it's not your fault it's theirs I I would always argue it's obviously if you do something stupid, like you go, yeah, let's jump 20 kilos when you've never done it before. But again, (laughs) you could argue that's the coach's choice. The coach goes, no, we're not doing that because that's a silly choice. Sit down, shut up and wait two minutes.
1: (laughs) I think Like, like there's definitely a kind of responsibility as, you know, a coach for that individual's like success or their failure, like whether that's in competition or whether that's in training. and um, but, again, it's so de- it does, like, depend a lot on the individual. Like, some people are just, like it, who it? It was. it? Um, it was on another podcast. I want to say uh, Teddy's podcast. And <laughs> Max was saying that, like, you know, coaches don't really do much. We just – sometimes we make good suggestions. <laughs> you know? But that's it. It's like yeah. – force you to make that lift I can't yeah. force you to go to training I can't force you to go to competition it's like you know all we can do is encourage and suggest yeah. and, um, and there is a an element of like that is up to the lifter um, to kind of execute But then on the other hand if you're making crap suggestions that is on you so yeah it's yeah. A, bit of, a bit of both I think
0: yeah uh, Yeah, that was a good question though I, I enjoyed delving into that
1: yeah Got, just having a look We've got some from Zarco. Big Z. Uh,
0: We've
1: got oh, we've got a long a big a big discussion and then probably a slightly shorter one. All right. Um short pull versus long pull.
0: I mean, I know that you're gonna say a little bit more about this, but I think for me it does depend. I would always go longer rather than shorter. Mm. But the thing is, some people arguably might not need a long pull some people might not be able to achieve a long pull you know as much as you're trying to get them to finish with their legs and finish really nice and tall sometimes it doesn't work because they can't stay balanced Mm. as as ideal as that might be in your head thinking they have to be in this position why do they have to be in that position if then if they can't get in that position it's either a case of you trying to strip it down to get them in that position or they physically can't get in that position because they finish with their legs, and you know their legs are really strong, and their upper body like noodles, mm. so they just finish with their legs. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it depends. That's my answer. I'm not going to go any deeper into that. All I'm going to say is it would depend, but I'm more an advocate of a longer pull over a shorter pull.
1: Yeah, I've been doing some because this is something that like I was looking at in my lifting um it's basically like you know what can I tweak and uh, the pull was something that I wanted to experiment a little bit with so I've been like again playing with like the timing and how long to pull for and how hard to pull that sort of thing um in conclusion it depends yeah exactly (laughs) you know I think um yeah that's basically what I found um great study yeah great study right next question (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so Marco uh, he's got another question no um, <laughs> so I think the European like the, again big generalisations but like generally from like kind of European lifters Russian lifters that kind of thing you'll see a lot more sort of hip extension that arms aren't quite as active as say Chinese lifters where they teach I believe for the clean it's up to the navel and then for the snatch it's like up to the sternum Yeah. really high like but I wonder if it comes down to just physiology and just like differences yeah. to a degree. Um, I think if you have a really strong like upper body, um, obviously you're going to be able to pull a hell of a lot harder. You're going to probably get a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more reward from that. I think like as well, if you're the kind of lifter, again, like this is just what I assume. Um yep. I, should probably do some studies into this, but let's have a look. Um, if you've got like a really really long torso and really short legs, you could probably benefit from pulling a little bit more because it's more important if yeah. you height on the bar than if you've got really really long legs and a really short torso. In which case, you can just like sneak under. But um, you know, in which case, in the former case, more of a pull is probably you know more useful. Whereas in the le- in the latter case, it's probably not quite as necessary, um, or at least to the same degree. Um, You know, again, the kind of strength of your upper body, you might find that, like, guys generally have stronger upper bodies relative to their lower bodies, so they might be able to pull harder and for longer. Whereas for women, they've got stronger legs compared to their upper body, so it might be less so. Um, Again, I think just try both. See what works for you. I don't think it's, like, we've got these two extremes. We've got, like, really, really long pull, um, really, like, almost no pull. And I don't think that one or the other is necessarily the best. I think yeah. there's some middle ground there. Um, and obviously to a degree, that's gonna depend on the lifter. Um, I've found like just a little bit longer has helped my lifting.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I think it's definitely something that people should try out. Um, I think like, I can only speak for British weightlifting, but like a, a lot of people just think that the arms don't do anything. You know, the arms are like chains, chains, the arms are like ropes. And it's like, Yes, but actually, no. Um, You know, you want to get every little advantage that you can out of the movement, you know? And if, you know, pulling on the damn thing is going to give it an extra inch or two of height, do it. For me, I think
0: the pull of hmm. the arms starts when you come past the knees where you're pulling the arms in and then up.
1: Yeah. Rather than just you
0: extend and then you pull because it's too late. Then all your arms are doing is just floppy, like you said. All you're going to do is just... You're going to slam the bar up and then you've got no tension in the bar. But what you are doing is obviously you're pulling under from yeah. here. And then, you know, the only tension you've got is when you go, wham, like that. Yeah. But if you can go, it's a lot stiffer. Yeah.
1: Um, Thinking definitely. more about that. If you look at
0: Lasher, Lasher is a perfect example of that because he has tension in his upper body the whole time, even through his first pull. Yeah. Yeah. If you've watched it, it's cre- and his arms don't bend early, but he's got so much tension in his upper back and in his shoulders. But you'll also notice that he's rounded. But I don't understand how he does it. It's 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 perfect. I think it it shows that. in his snatches and in his cleans. You know, mm. he's the best snatcher. Well, arguably, I guess not pound for pound, but in terms of weight on the bar, and he's the best clean and jerker. Yeah. Not pound for pound, obviously. Don't quote me, but <laughs> I'm talking weight on the bar. I'm not talking pound for pound because let's be honest, he's 170 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a big boy. But yeah. Boy. And I'm not saying um, do like I do because I definitely don't pull long. I'm a very short puller. But the thing is, I think it works for me. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, some people
0: might argue that I could do be- benefit for more pull. And I would agree with you. I could definitely benefit from more pull. But guess what? I finished with my legs. I still managed to get under it. So I'm pretty happy with that. For my lifters, that's a different story. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly.
1: (laughs) But like, No, but I think this is it. It's like, you know, I can, I could tell you to, you know, pull, pull more, pull harder, like, and give you loads of exercises for that. But I think, People, after, a, you know, enough time in this sport, they figure out what works best for them. Yeah. And, you know, like you can do all the drills in the world and for whatever reason, it's still better if you just like sneak under that bar. That's just what's going to get you the most weight. You know, that's what works for you. So it's like, that's one of those kind of individual, you know, differences. Again, you're probably maybe towards, you know, the kind of like less pull side of it, whereas some people might be towards the other, other end. It kind of depends really. it's like there's that trade-off between putting height on the bar and getting under it in time
0: yeah because how much height do you want to put on the bar because like yes the emphasis to extend and pull is to get get to have the time to get under the bar but if you're giving yourself too much time will you lose it behind you
1: yeah but also
0: forward or you know whatever you've also got to think about the longer you pull the longer you have to stay on your toes which is not balanced
1: no yeah yeah it's difficult to to kind of maintain but yeah no i think it's like yes yeah, it's, it's like at what point like I, I could carry on pulling on a bar for as long as i can and then like suddenly i've, I've run out of time to drop under. It. yeah or you know there's <laughs> Been pulling up and pulling
0: up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do the f- freaking longest pull in the world, but if <laughs> yeah. you can't get under it, it's not a snatch,
1: yeah. is it? No, no, like, who cares? Like, well done, <laughs> be like this.
0: Oh, I was so close, no, you weren't, mate. That, that was a pull,
1: that was a, pull. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was a high pull, not a snatch. <laughs> a snatch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like bearing that in mind that it's like, okay, yeah, you know. Pulling it is important, arguably, but what's more important is actually getting under the bloody thing. So... Yeah. With
0: emphasis yeah. the on extending.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it depends.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's just go back to the first answer and say it depends. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know why we
1: left it at that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, cool. Have we got time for one more?
1: I reckon so. Have got time for one more?
0: Go on, a quick one. <laughs>
1: If, if, the, if they want to go, you know what? You can go. Nobody's stopping you. It's a free country. Um, got another oh, one. you Mark. think. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is yeah. why
0: lockdown's happening, Alex. <laughs> Have you ever seen V for Vendetta?
1: I haven't. This I is haven't. the start.
0: This is the start of V for Vendetta. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, carry on. At
1: least I've got my garden gym, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Another one from Zarco. What are some good accessory exercises for weightlifting, generally? And how do they carry over?
0: I mean, that's not a small question, but fair enough. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I would say I usually categorize it into two categories, stability and uh, armor building, I would call it. So basically like preventing any kind of niggles that you have from overworking the triceps through the pushing movements mm. uh, or even overworking the, uh, the elbow through the pull because obviously you're in a flexed wrist position, so you're really going to work on uh, the flexors rather than the extensors. Uh, obviously shoulders, your knees take a batter in, your, your lower back, your ankles. So I think for me it's more just to taking a well-rounded approach to make sure that everything is balanced yeah. Rather than you yeah, need
1: to get I, a um, the body. Can I interrupt for a second? Because you you mentioned about balance, and I think you know this is something that like drives me mad because everybody's they're just solely focused on you know just weightlifting and you know getting good at the snatch and clean and jerk. And it's like, I think in order to be a good weightlifter, you have to be a balanced athlete. You've got to be you know obviously the aim of the game is to be strong, right? But how do you achieve that? Is it just snatching and clean and jerking every day? Well, you know, there's got to be, you know, if your lower body's lacking, work on that. If your upper body needs work, work on that, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I just, you know, just take stock of where you are and just, you know, work on being balanced well
0: round. Yeah, precisely. But Yes, absolutely. Because just because weightlifting, you know, is basically all legs. It is obviously upper body, but it's basically all legs. Let's be honest. Doesn't necessarily mean that the only thing you should work on is your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, you know, Mm. or your calves. You still need to work on your upper back. You still need to work on your shoulders, your elbows, your triceps, you know, your forearms, your grip even your chest tighten your chest if you keep losing it behind maybe you need to stiffen up this pec a little bit so what do you do you could do single arm presses you could do single arm uh, dumbbell presses whatever it might be just to sort of stiffen up and keep that shoulder nice and compact and tight so like I said I think it's striking a balance but also having a like some kind of stability aspect in there um you know whether it be like single leg work for example is stability you know you're still getting accessory movements and honestly a lot of people will say this and i know that um i give split squats to absolutely everybody but genuinely split squats are the best variation of a squat outside of a squat that i could ever think yeah. of no i'd completely like agree with any them. any variation of a split squat maybe not like i do like walking lunges but i don't know i feel like it's more just a case of like it's I don't know it's just they just
1: need to set up. That's what I hate. Yeah, you but know? also they're <laughs> just
0: like really painful, and also you can't really use a lot of weight, no. and you know it takes a lot of space, and mm-hmm. you know, it hurts your glutes. And I don't really want that. I'd rather just put more weight on the bar and do more reps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> At the end of the day, what accessory exercise? We don't care. Just put more weight on the bar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the thing is as well is, uh like obviously. Because pulls and presses and squats are also considered accessories. You know, they're strength accessory. It's not as a weightlifter, our main movements are snatch and clean jerk. If you're an athlete who does a different sport, then obviously everything is an accessory because your sport is not the gym, your sport is football, badminton, squash, whatever it might be. You know, but as a weightlifter, even squats and stuff are accessories. So I think even those as well, you know, and this is gonna sound super controversial, but like people are really bothered about how much their squat is. But if you can only snatch 50 kilos, but your squat is 300, no one cares. <laughs> it's literally no one cares. It's impressive to you. You know, yeah. I'm not going to take that away from you. You squat 300 kilos. That's bloody amazing. But mm. in weightlifting, you can only snatch 50 kilos. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that 50 kilos is crap, but what I'm saying is, you know, If you're flouting, I can squat 300 kilos, but I can only snatch 50. Well, maybe you should squat less and work on your snatch. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, because this is it. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, what is the end goal? Snatch and clean and jerk in total, right? (laughs) So, like everything else is just fluff. Everything else is a means to an end. I don't care how much you bench. I don't care how much you squat. I don't care how much you pull. Whatever. It's like, how much you snatch, how much do you clean and jerk? Yeah. Like, so I think accessory exercises, like, yeah, they, they are important, but they are a means to an end
0: yes. and not the end goal. So, precisely, that's exactly what I was getting at. But
1: yeah, do you, just,
0: squat you made my point sound less controversial. <laughs> so, I'm going to go back and say squats don't matter. <laughs> I'm just don't going. give a
1: shit about your squats.
0: <laughs> I'm just joking. They do.
1: I'll stop sending you squat videos. I'm okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Literally, all you send me is. To be fair, that's probably my. That's the only exercise I enjoy in weightlifting. I don't enjoy anything else. You're not. No. (laughs)
1: Is this why you're doing CrossFit?
0: No, it's not why I'm doing CrossFit. I'm doing CrossFit because I'm lazy to do normal exercise. So I'd rather (laughs) just do a 15-minute AMRAP and see how many reps I can do.
1: That's disgusting. And then I
0: don't have to count. I can just do like.
1: (laughs) <laughs> fair enough
0: <laughs> and then they're like yeah but how, how do you measure your progress and I'm like can you see this puddle of sweat on, my, on the ground <laughs> yeah. that's my we progress like sir you're
1: bringing out your <laughs> pyrex into a little pyrex you're measuring the <laughs> sweat you got yeah. this session Yeah. but yeah cool. um, yeah accessory I think like should we discuss which accessory exercises we like just as a quick finisher
0: single leg single arm work lots of core work lots of upper back work i've started incorporating grip work mm. and this is another subject as well we can we can get onto to next week but people will argue we hook grip so we shouldn't work on grip i disagree
1: yes i, I completely I think
0: disagree, I disagree with that because <laughs> although we are hook gripping you're mm. still gripping the bar but you know you're if you're hook gripping you squeeze your your wrist and and all you're getting is a lot of work through your flexors which is a lot a lot of the reason why weightlifters tend to get elbow pain and also potentially shoulder pain because they're gripping the bar through just their thumb and their index finger and their middle finger but they're not actually working you know the 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 uh the other side like the extensors and there's 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 a lot of studies that have been shown to sh- shown to suggest that grip is like is like a good predictor of how strong you are yeah um and i think it's definitely a missing link in a lot of people where if you've ever felt like you know you're lifting a bar off the ground and you think fuck me this is heavy (laughs) you know Uh. You know, it, it's, it's not just because you're, you know, inherently maybe like a little weak in the upper back or weak in the legs, or whatever it might be. It might also be because your grip is weak where you feel like you haven't got a good hold of the bar.
1: No, definitely. Because there's um, I think there's been a couple of studies that have essentially shown, you know, what you're saying is that like once your grip starts to go and your body realizes that whatever you're hanging on to is about to you're about to let go of it it reduces your force output um, to quite a measurable degree. And, you you know, you probably felt it when you're deadlifting. It's like, you know, the moment that bar starts to unroll, you're suddenly not moving anymore because it's like, you know, it's it's almost as if there's just a switch that's flipped. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think it's like, obviously, the more grip strength you have, the more confident you're going to be with the given weights. You're not going to have, you know, that issue, and you're going to be able to, you know, output as much force as you can also like you know if hook grip was the be all end all then we wouldn't yeah. need to distract
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: so you know there's it's definitely advantages to be had from from grip work definitely um i think yeah it's just like it's balancing everything as well it's like you know if you spend half an hour doing grip work um you know every session it's like well
0: <laughs> What's the most bang for your? You're butt? gonna have absolutely. You're gonna have Popeye forearms. You're, you're
1: gonna have Popeye forearm, forearms. Have Popeye
0: but... Snatcher, but <laughs> you know, it's probably not very like.
1: You're never gonna lose that bar, but <laughs> uh,
0: you might not. You're snatching off the off the plates rather than off the bar because you.
1: <laughs> <not laughs> just No, it's definitely not legal.
0: <laughs> um. No, I don't think that's legal.
1: There's one way to find out, though
0: i'm not trying that i don't even <laughs> think i could do that with 40 kilos mate
1: <laughs> that would yeah that, that's an accident waiting to happen definitely yeah, I think,
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. cool hopefully we aren't um covered we covered quite a few questions there which is good
1: yeah, we had six questions in total so. yeah
0: solid mm-hmm. Right. should we wrap it there then
1: i think that sounds good
0: sweet guys thanks for coming again um